0: Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 8 of the Split Screen Media Podcast. With me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Chris Blankenship. Hey everybody. And uh, our third? Fourth? Third returning guest, I think. Third. 3rd The magnificent CVAS. How you doing, bud? Uh, Good. Thanks for the introduction. That
1: was uh, heartwarming, I guess. I like Chris's better, but
2: we'll rock with it. <laughs> did, I, did I introduce you last time?
1: No, I mean, like, I like uh, Chris's introduction, like uh, that Connor did. Like what I said lovely. about
0: him. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 it wasn't as elegant for you. I'm sorry. I, it should have been. You're the guest, and I apologize. But okay. regardless, let's jump right into it. And the first thing I want to talk about is Netflix. Uh, so Netflix has had its fair share of controversies the past couple weeks, I think is uh, safe to say. There was that one about um, – it was like the the – Girls like the pageant girls or whatever. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I think it was called cuties. cuties,
2: cuties. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those kids? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <my> so, God.
0: <laughs> so they were they were advertising it in kind of a like a, a more sexual way than I think the show actually was about, but they got in a lot of trouble for that. And you know, obviously I think they took it off and they apologized, all that. And then recently, I think it was either a week or two weeks ago, um, they had another controversy that I want to talk about with Dave Chappelle. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know Dave Chappelle, obviously one of, if not the greatest comedian of all time. Um, and he, before he did stand up or kind of, you know, with his early stand up intermittently, he had a show called the Chappelle show, which was, was on, uh, comedy central aired for like two or three seasons. And Netflix recently put it up, uh, on Netflix, uh, for everybody to, you know, who obviously who subscribes can see it. And, uh, with that, the, I think it was only up for like a couple days before Dave Chappelle actually actually requested that it be taken down. And the reason for that is that he doesn't own uh, the Chappelle show. He doesn't own the rights to that show after he left. I think it's, uh, I want to say it's either Warner Media or Viacom. Um, one of those two owns it. And he doesn't receive any money from it going on Netflix. Um, he doesn't receive any money from it going on HBO Max. Uh, no royalties, nothing. And he came out and said that, well, first of all, he asked Netflix to take it down because he has a pretty good relationship with them. He's done, you know, four or five specials in total with them. And he said, please take this down. You know, I don't make any money from this and they, you know, accepted, they took it down. And then he, uh, in a, I think it was like just a quick little monologue, um, after his SNL appearance, I, I believe he was in Texas. He said that if you liked me or if you ever liked me, Uh, do not watch the Chappelle show until I see the money from it. So do not watch that show if you're a fan of mine. Um, And I guess I want to know what you guys think about all of it. Like, do you think Netflix did the right thing by taking it down? Do you think it's right for him to request that fans not watch stuff that he did, even though you may enjoy it? Uh, What do you guys think? See, well,
1: yeah. I think that it's I would assume it's justified. So it's after he left that he didn't like see the money for it.
0: Yeah, he I, I believe and and I could be wrong here, but I know I think he cut his contract short because they were gonna offer him upwards of like fifty million dollars to come back and do another season of the Chappelle show. And that's when like he essentially not only left the Chappelle show but left show business and kind of left Earth. Like he moved to he moved to Africa and he like disappeared completely for a number of years, um, and then he came back. Now he obviously he lives in Ohio and sort of, I guess, commutes back and forth with uh, from Ohio to LA to do his stand up specials and you know do his Netflix comedy shows. But for the most part, he's remained pretty under the radar after that. But yeah, that was that was essentially when uh, everything went down is after the Chappelle show was canceled. Uh.
1: Um. Yeah, I I could stand behind him on this because it was it was like his baby, and obviously that show was hilarious. And since he's not making any money from it, that's just not not fair. Like, not even like they even like include him in like the talks of saying like, "Hey, we're gonna put your show on on Netflix." It was just like, "Hey, we're talking with the people that own it now. We're gonna put it on Netflix," and that's just like really shitty to know, especially since Netflix is a huge platform, so people who haven't seen the Chappelle show will definitely see it then, and they'll be like, holy fuck, like, this is hilarious, and they'll get more streams, and then who knows what that lead to, but if Chappelle's not going to see a single, like, dime of that money, that sucks, but he also gets the recognition, like, people start to watch his specials after that, too, after being introduced to the Chappelle show. Like you said, he's he's already one of the greatest, so, like, if you don't know Dave Chappelle, then (laughs) Right, Living <laughs> under a rock.
2: So Hannah had never seen Dave Chappelle, and when the Chappelle show went on Netflix, we watched episode or two together, and then we watched his—I forget which special it was. The one where he's in like the green jumpsuit.
0: That's uh sticks that's and stones, I think. That's yeah, a- I think
2: it. I think it was sticks and stones is what the yeah. title was. But um, she loved that one. Like both the stand-up and the sketch show, she loved that thoroughly. But yeah, it, I think it's kind of scummy. If he's not making any, but I I wonder like what the contracts look like, because like sometimes you know if you are an actor or you are like in Chappelle's shoes, then in the contracts you can get cut like so you get so much money to do the show and then it's it's done and it's owned by whoever. But you could have like royalties where you make a certain percentage of ideally the gross profit off the show or however many views or whatever. But I'm curious what the contract was that he signed, and if he has any like real leverage to get that show back or any money off the show anymore.
0: I I don't know. Definitely back then he didn't. I think when he severed ties with Comedy Central and uh, again whoever it was, I think it was Viacom, but whoever the you know the main uh, studio head was, uh, he basically relinquished all all rights to see any money from that show um and then disappeared so then you know he probably wouldn't have as much power to get something like that back now uh i don't know i you know it's it's definitely more realistic that he might be able to you know if, if he and everybody else who uh enjoys his stuff makes a big enough stink about it then he definitely might you know he might be able to get that back so d- so netflix pulled it willingly they did. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was, it was, they just, he just asked them, he was like, Hey, listen, I don't, and I, I don't know if he did the same thing for uh, HBO max or if they uh, obliged him, but yeah, he was just like, Hey guys, you know, I, I'm not making money from this. i this isn't my show anymore. Like I don't claim to own this. Uh, can you please <laughs> take it off your platform? And they were like, yeah, sure. No problem. So.
2: Yeah. I mean, that definitely, uh, that gets in Viacom or, Warner Media, whoever you said owns it, uh it gets in their ear. They they notice that uh, you know, things like that get taken down and a stink is raised.
0: It's interesting because in his uh one of his more recent specials, I believe it was the the um the bird revelation, at the end of it he talks about how he, he makes this comparison between um uh pimps and prostitutes and how uh like a tactic used by pimps is to make is, – is to give the prostitutes money that's already theirs but make them think that it's coming from them. So, like, make it seem like they're getting extra even though they're not – even though it's their money to begin with. And he, and he talks about this. He tells this whole story from this book that he read about sort of that life. And you're like, where the fuck is he going with this? And it goes on for a good, like, 15 minutes. And then right at the end of it, he goes, and that's what it was like to work with Comedy Central. And he ends the special. And it's like this huge bomb that he just, like he, I mean, he's obviously a genius and he's able to wrap all these things together in a comedic way, mm-hmm. but that was one of those things. I was like, Holy shit. <laughs> and that it clearly is his relationship still um, as, you know, as tumultuous as it is with, with those companies. So I feel bad for him.
1: That's showbiz baby.
2: That that, <laughs> that is showbiz. That is showbiz.
1: <laughs> five, especially when you're like, I don't want to say, like, a young uppercomer, but, like, if you're not, like, haven't, like, blown up to that, to the level you are, like, he is now, you'll take anything to, like, get there. So that's what they prey upon. It's like, hey, this guy's really fucking funny. If we pick him up first, like, he's just going to be internally grateful to us, like, for the first time, because it's like, hey, this big studio that everybody knows about wants my stuff. So, I'm like, you're just willing to do it to get the popularity. So the business they'll just use and abuse you however they can
0: yeah 100 percent. and <laughs> it was one of those things where it, it made me think about if anyone else had asked Netflix to do that would they have done it like if you know I love Tom Segura but if Tom Segura had come up to Netflix and been like hey can you guys take this down like d- does he have that same type of pull and influence that someone like Dave Chappelle has like would people it could list- just be a good relationship yeah uh, yeah but but it also is a, you know, it, I, I think it, you're definitely right. It's, it's a good relationship that he has with them. But is it also because Dave Chappelle is this massive icon? And, you know, if they had said no, I'm sure he would have said something about it. He would have said something publicly like, you know, fuck Netflix or whatever. <laughs> and then like, it's probably more trouble than it's worth. But, you know, if some lesser comedian asked to take their stuff down that they don't own anymore, I don't know if they would have obliged.
1: Probably not.
2: I think this is also good PR for Netflix. Like, Oh, we stand by the people that, you know, we support.
0: They're like, will you forget about the cuties thing now? please?" <laughs>
1: <laughs> it cancels it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're sorry. All right. God,
1: <laughs> we didn't know the person that like made the summary and the trailer was an ex pedophile. Like, we didn't look at his records. We just saw the talent and we let, gave him the reins.
0: <laughs> I, it, but I think on the flip side of this, not necessarily from a moral aspect, but from an entertainment aspect, it's, it's, you know, it's hard for me. Cause I love that show. I <laughs> really, and I really want to <laughs> really watch, I mean, there's so many sketches that I'll go back to and just watch periodically. Cause I think it's, you know, comedy brilliance, like the, uh, like uh black Bush is one of my favorite sketches of his of all that like Prince, um, black, white supremacist. I mean, all the classics, but then there's like the smaller ones that are great too. So that whole show is fantastic. And the idea that like, he would be disappointed if I was watching it does make me think twice before I click on the thing. I'm like, I don't know if I,
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I think that's interesting with the, the whole contracts on Hollywood and how people get paid. Because there's some people who like they just took their check and then like the movie does amazing, and they they don't see much money or you know they didn't really get a big percentage, not that they're getting a big percentage anyways, but they get a very, very, very small percentage of the final, uh like what the movie brings in, yeah, but if you get a royalty on it, you can make if i mean if the movie does bad it does bad, but if you if it does well, you can make a lot of money. And recurring money. I think isn't that how the Friends cast they still get paid bank today? Because yeah. was it Sh- uh, David Schwimmer? Is that his- Ross's character? Or Ross's actor. He w- <laughs> he pulled for the whole cast to get royalties, right?
0: I think so. Yeah, I know that they definitely get them now because they're still swimming in- and
2: <laughs> yeah. So which I didn't know this at the girl. time. He was bigger than Jennifer Aniston when Friends first came out in the late '90s you're lying to me
0: no way but yeah he's no he's he's like a relatively famous actor um i don't i like the only thing i see him in now is like shitty uh straight to dvd movies like the ones that bruce willis stars in now (laughs) because he doesn't
2: (laughs) yeah he probably doesn't care he's got all that friends money
0: yeah i wouldn't either i'd be like i wouldn't care either
2: i'd be so yeah the the other thing with those royalties you have to ask for gross profit like cut of the gross profit Because if you do net profit, they'll do that Hollywood accounting and be like, oh, we didn't make any money, so you get nothing.
0: Right, yeah, yeah. No, that's interesting. You got to pick and choose your battles because, I mean, I'm assuming you kind of get the option to do like one lump sum or you get – and you never know what's going to be a success. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think there's definitely a better gauge for that now. Like. If you're in a Marvel movie, I'd take the, the royalties. <laughs> I
2: don't even know if they would offer that to they would, anyone they would, who isn't an yeah, Avenger. <laughs>
1: they wouldn't offer the royalty at this point, at yeah. how big they are. They'd just be like, well, you'll get the, the money we pay you on the contract. And then, like, we're the like, Marvel, our Marvel movies are, like, the biggest, like, movies of, like, this generation. You're gonna get exposure so that's your royalty is more exposure you get paid get an exposure job yeah
2: <laughs> they made the that app-
0: mistake they made that mistake yeah. with robert downey jr and now and he got paid like whatever 50 million dollars for the first iron man that's like yeah we need to kill this guy <laughs> <laughs> now that's yeah <laughs> can you imagine i mean like that's i'm pretty sure that's why they canceled that uh that fourth Iron Man movie, because how much he was going to get from that was outrageous. Um, They they sort of relegated him to like, you know, Captain America Civil War and the Avenger movies, like, because they didn't want to pay him that much money.
2: Does he have like a, like a contract that spans all these MCU movies?
0: Well, he was there from the beginning. So I think he got a much better deal because they had no idea how successful Iron Man was going to be. Mm-hmm. um it's the first mcu film so like they in up until this point superhero movies were kind of hit or miss as to whether people would see them or whether they even be any good um they never got sequels either like there was always teasers in old superhero movies for sequels and it just didn't happen so something like iron man was kind of this weird fluke and now the mcu is more like a, a really expensive television show than it is you know a set of movies yeah but he got paid so much money for those. It's kind of unbelievable. Um, but that's actually a great segue. Uh, speaking of expensive movies that Robert <laughs> Downey Jr. was in, <laughs> and maybe and maybe superhero movies in general. But uh, something else I wanted to talk about this week with you guys was uh, kind of like your movie nitpicks. So if there's something in a movie, if there's like some kind of trope or maybe um, something you see a lot that just really makes you angry or upset like, or or even turn off the movie entirely or walk out of the theater. Like what would that be for you guys?
2: I don't think so. I I have an answer for this. I don't think it's, it's not as bad for me where I'm going to turn the movie off, but it's definitely turned me off to the genre and it's uh, white people in horror movie logic (laughs) (laughs) Uh, where they just do the dumbest shit and then like they get surprised when the murderer kills them and it's for that reason I just I I don't like horror movies that much but they they just do the dumbest shit like you don't have to go check out that noise outside just stay locked inside
0: yeah that's a good one
2: <laughs> they i think
0: they've been they've been of the few horror movies that I've seen recently um they've tried to move away from that especially i think the the Ari Aster films well, maybe the first Ari Aster film, uh, *Hereditary*. You kind of you get a little bit of that where there, it's just like it's horrible shit that's happening to these people, but it doesn't seem like it's it's them just being like, "Oh, there's a noise. We'll go check it out." Like, um, some movies like that sort of give me hope for the future, even though the ending of that movie fucking sucks.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't think I have one.
1: To be honest, the only like there's no niche that particularly turns me off. I laugh at everything that I don't particularly like. I find the humor in everything, but there's one thing like with movies, when it comes to probably like the, how they pace a movie, like especially action movies where it's like, you know, it's like, I feel like for, in my belief, action movies should just be pure testosterone, like throughout the movie, like screw the fucking storyline. Like screw they always all, have a like, love story. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, like, you don't have to, like, do all this shit. Like, uh, what? I saw this movie, fucking, this weekend for the first time. Hobbs and Shaw, dude, that movie was a banging. Well, all the action scenes and all, like, the, like, high-octane scenes, banging, man. Like, the way, like, some of the action was shot and all that stuff. But then, like, I didn't care about the story. And whenever it slowed down to, like, try to, like, make a story, I'm just like, oh, like, fuck off, man. Like, I just want to see you fucking turn that motorcycle and like fucking slide under that truck oh slow motion that's all i want to see man i don't want to see this dumb bullshit where it's like will they won't they like oh is this a love interest like what's going on here is this a just a comedic thing that they're gonna like brush off at the end after they fight the big baddie like that's the shit i hate
0: it feels very uh 1990 when they when they cast like a female lead to be the love interest you're like, God, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like this this movie is not about It doesn't matter at all. <laughs> no, it I think that's why just, John Wick is so good. First two seconds
1: th- That's why, why John Wick is amazing. <laughs> it's perfect. It's just but like
2: Because there's know, no there's no actresses there's, in it. Connor, is that well, what you're there, saying?
1: I, that's not what we're saying. <laughs> what we're saying is like there's no there's no like uh forced motive. Like they killed his dog. So it's like it's like it's a relatable reason but it's like the dumbest reason like on paper to like go out and kill all these dudes like they killed my dog now i'm just gonna fucking kill all these guys
2: it was the dog and, his and dead wife got him
1: okay but they didn't like turn that into a huge thing you know it's not yeah, like he that, murdered 400 people over that, that whole concept <laughs> they're not like showing like all these flashback scenes, like it's like, oh, we're gonna have thirty minutes where he's like on the beach with his wife, and then he proposes, <laughs> and then like we're gonna show the love that yeah, and then she finally got him the dog, and he loved that dog, and then, like you know, and then you're just like, what? When he's gonna fucking kill these dudes? Like that's what that's, I want to see, man.
2: That's true. They get that shit over in like the first couple minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. They like, they're like, hey, this is the backstory. This went like you know, this is the motivation. Like, buckle your fucking Buzz. We're about to go on a fucking ride. Like to that's
0: say, to speak to your point though. I think. It is true. You know, the story is very minimal and like the reasoning you could, if you were describing it to somebody is very silly. It's like, oh, they just killed his dog. But they do, they do a good job in like brief two to three minute scenes scattered throughout the film as to why, why the dog was so important, what the dog actually represents to him, which is his new life that was taken away after leaving the life of crime behind. So
1: yeah, stuff like that, I'm fine with yeah that's good and like that's what i'm saying is like like you say, it's like small moments it's not and it doesn't break the pacing it doesn't like pull the pacing to a stop and then like you're just sitting there like watching all this exposition it's just like hey like here's a little thing here let's get back to it here's a little thing here and then like if you really like that stuff you'll latch on to it and you'll enjoy the movie the whole way you'll just be like wow so that like that's what like you'll pick up all the pieces they put down where it's like they don't have to like stop and like hold everything like we have to talk about this for a second
0: right but it's just like it's icing on the cake when you get you know an amazing action movie that also has a relatively solid story like that's just a a fucking bonus Mm right but that movie that movie really has ruined like all other action movies for me because it's hard to go into anything else and it's not fair but i compare it to that film i'm like this isn't as good as john wick why would i watch this and and that's and that's not a good mentality to have
1: you're right it's not fair
2: Connor, what are your what are your pet, pet peeves in movies? Oh God, I got so many. <laughs> can I, finish, can, I do,
0: can I do one last one before you go off? <laughs> yeah, no, go for it, dude. I, I actually I only really had
2: one that I was going to bring. Oh, okay, up. I thought you had like a laundry list of them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'm sure I could think of more, but there was one specifically that I was thinking of. But what was your other one?
2: I was just going to say, just real quick, Uh, like when you're watching a movie and. Like, there's, like, some dialogue, and it's, like, pretty quiet, pretty soft. And then, like, there's an action scene that immediately follows, and the sound just ear-rapes the shit out of your head. Because <laughs> it's not mixed well, and then you just... And then it goes back to dialogue, and it's super soft again. You're constantly changing the volume on the TV. That's a great yeah. answer, honestly. <laughs> that's that, that's, that's infuriating. Really
0: that's annoying. It's just, like, weird mixing. And, and I know that it's hard because every TV and every... uh speaker system is different so they can't really predict for everything but like i don't know how this is still a problem <laughs> like,
1: yeah they're just talking just like hey we gotta we gotta go get to the waterfall and we'll make it and then out of nowhere, you just <laughs> oh, what the fuck is that
0: <laughs> like my my dvds of indiana jones when i play those the movies from like the 80s i'm like all right i can excuse it but it happens with new movies too and it's it's so much more infuriating i feel like with when we have the technology to fix that and it's just not mixed properly
2: it kind of happens like this with, podcast yeah <laughs> uh it kind of happens in tv too where like the tv show is pretty quiet and then the commercials blast your ears off oh yeah but that's but that's like two different things like a movie's all one cohesive unit and i don't know why it, it, it's 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 not as easy to excuse it in a movie they should have more control over that for sure.
0: Like, because the, the TV show thing, I definitely understand, you know, the broadcast network can only control so much about what they're showing and then the commercials with it. But yeah, no, for a film, I, I agree. That's totally unacceptable.
2: Anyway, your pet peeves? <laughs> That's so much better than
0: mine. <laughs> I mean, the one I the one I can really think of, um, and I think it's become a trend not just in superhero movies, but movies in general, is when – the it's when the film isn't a standalone film is when they have these high expectations for something and they they forget to tell a story in the movie that you're watching and it just feels like a trailer for the film that's going to come next and i think that's really annoying um obviously you get that with superhero movies because of the, the comic book style layout of like tune in next week and see what happens but even new ips it feels like they're like, oh, who's this person? Who's this guy? You know, what's this thing? And they don't answer it. The, and, you know, even if the movie's good, it may not do well enough to get a sequel. And then you just don't get anything about it or, or get anything later about it. Like, and, and I think a good example of that is a movie that I actually enjoyed a lot, which was um, Alita Battle Angel. And a good chunk of that movie was, was setting up the, the world and the universe. And I don't know if you guys saw it, but... Um, it's based on an or it's based on a, a manga. I don't think it's an actual anime, but a lot of it was just building up this world of like all these people. It's it's sort of like uh, Elysium with Matt Damon, where all the people live on Earth and Earth is like shitty and gross. And then up in the sky, there's another city. In this case, I think it's called Zalem or Zalem something like that. And all the people you don't actually get to see it, but you just see what it looks like. And all the people up there live really well, and you know, and basically they just throw all their trash. <laughs> like off the side of the city and then it lands on the ground and people live like that. But the second half of that movie is just setting up for a sequel. And apparently because that movie was so expensive to make and, you know, James Cameron sort of got cold feet with it and gave it over to Robert Rodriguez. They might not actually do a sequel to it, which is a bummer because the movie ends on this crazy cliffhanger that I don't think will ever be resolved. And that, that like infuriates me. I'm like, just tell, tell your own story with what you're trying to present like don't it, it, it's become all about you know sequels and, and money and setting up franchises and i just want to see stories and i think you get a lot of that with like uh, um a24 like that movie company they make a lot of sort of indie films that are just solid films on their own um foreign films you get a lot of those that are their own story but american films have become very serialized i think which is for the most part i believe in negative
2: I think the, the point of that is, is, like you said, it's the money and the franchising. You know, Even if they're not planning on doing a sequel, well, if the movie becomes a success and people want a sequel and the sequel gets greenlighted, then you know, if people go back and rewatch the first one and it ends on that cliffhanger, they'll be more likely to go watch the sequel. And that gives us more money.
0: Yeah, and I, I should be clear in saying that like, ending a movie on a slight cliffhanger I don't think is inherently negative. It's when you spend a good chunk of that story that narrative setting up for the next movie yeah um, that's where it makes me upset
2: I think yeah, I think you can leave it on a slight cliffhanger or kind of ambiguous, you know, but uh, the whole first movie should be at least wrapped up, even if you're planning on doing a sequel, and then just make the sequel like as equally good with the storytelling like don't try and make you know one movie out of two
1: that's pretty hard though i don't think i don't think any movie comes to mind where it's like they have the like an equal level of world building. Usually it's like they go all in on the first movie to build up this world or like this universe. And then the second movie, they're like, even though they set up for a sequel, like it's always the second movie that feels like, oh fuck, we actually didn't think this was gonna be a success. So now we're gonna slap something together and then
0: it's just dog shit. And you're like, God damn it. Yeah, they, they I know what you mean, because like, it feels like they spent all this time setting up for the next movie, and then they get their next movie, and they're like, uh, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, what? Like, did you plan for this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think, and there's still movies out there. You know, this isn't a trend everywhere, which I think makes me even angrier about it, because if it was every single movie, then I could accept it. But something like, um I don't know, like Parasite, for example, which is a, a fucking awesome movie if you guys haven't you you two or anyone who's watching if you guys haven't seen parasite fucking watch it it's awesome but that that is a perfect example of a movie that is its own thing it doesn't it doesn't set up for a sequel i think they're talking about doing like a tv show spinoff but nothing in that movie insinuates that there will be a second movie or a spinoff tv series it's a complete story like bookend beginning to end that tells this awesome narrative and that's the shit i want to see more of
2: that was a good answer. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, thanks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> do, you, uh, do, you,
2: do you have any other ones? Um,
0: There's little things that bother me. I think I think editing in movies now is pretty dog shit. Um, I feel like it's just it's kind of slapped together and no one really thinks about the – going back to your point, Siva, like the pace of a movie. Um, oh, yeah it's just kind of thrown out the window. Like they're like, yeah, we, we shot, you know, we got 24 different shots of this, to throw it together. I don't care. <laughs> like It just, it feels like there's a lack of, cause you know, I think Martin, Martin Scorsese says it best where like uh, editing is what you see, but it's also what you don't see. And I think that's kind of a lost art. Yeah, I think that's true my stuff all my pet peeves are way too like out there and <laughs> that's all i could say was yeah, I the best, yeah. <laughs> it's all like these weird like abstract grandiose thoughts you guys were like i hate when the volume's different <laughs> hey i would talk about the pacing and i thought that was pretty you, you
2: studied this shit I'm I'm a more casual yeah. viewer. <laughs> yeah.
0: No no and I and I wasn't making fun of you. I'm making fun of myself because I'm a <laughs> I sound like a douchey asshole.
2: <laughs> Film isn't what it
0: used to be. I don't know. If I think if I think of another one that's more like like I hate when my remote runs
2: out of batteries or something. <laughs> Is that what I sound like? <laughs> no, not, not at all.
0: <laughs> i do hate i fucking i don't know how the remote gets lost all the time like it's right next to you and somehow it ends up like five feet deep inside the couch i don't know how that happens
2: i saw a thing with my phone though oh that's true
0: oh yeah that's a good idea you just hook it up with the like the universal app or whatever
2: yeah i saw a thing that uh maybe it was on reddit or something and it was like uh your tv should have a button that like chirps the remote when it's lost, like you can go press a button on the TV and it'll make your remote chime. It's a great idea. Like you do with your phone when you lose it.
0: (laughs) They have, um, I think they have little things that you can, like you can buy a remote and then there's these little sticky things that you can put on whatever object you want. And then when you press it, it basically does that. Like it it emits a sound that you can hear and go find it.
2: True. Stocking stuff for Christmas is coming up. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right um but yeah i think uh, those were those were good ones guys i the, i really hadn't thought about like some more of the technical aspects as well chris yours is a hundred percent like i'm here for years i hate when that happens when it's just so fucking loud <laughs> for no reason that's that's the blade runner thing because that movie is just very loud drums and then people whispering softly to each other <laughs> What was the... Uh... <laughs> I'm very unprofessional. What was the third thing we were <laughs> supposed to talk about? Oh, the James, Bond, James Bond movies, right? Uh, no. We were going to do... talk
1: about my mystery topic.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do that first. Okay. I forgot. I'm sorry, yeah. c This is wrong. <laughs> 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 I always take three shots before the podcast.
2: Yeah, got to loosen yourself up. Okay. All
0: right. So,
1: I wanted to talk about the recent news on hbo max because i know we talked about this topic last time i was on here we talked about how movies are looking like they might might go all digital and hbo max just made this big move with uh, a bunch of titles that they have acquired and they decided to release it on hbo max exclusively
2: exclusively or with
0: i'm pretty
1: sure it's exclusively
0: It's it's in, it's both. So you can, okay. if you have a subscription, you can watch it there. But if you have, if you want to go to the theater, you can also see it there too. Okay,
1: okay. But yeah, so that's, I think that's a major move. Like, and the titles they have lined up is, are also like really good. So I think, I think they're killing it right now. And I think all their companies are going to start to like follow suit, or they're going to watch this very closely to see like how it works out and probably start to like, being the top to acquire some IPs too for movies, like hey, like you're gonna exclusively stream on our platform. What do you guys think?
0: So to be clear, I, I think you're talking about the um, the like the Warner Media thing. So it's it's like it's Wonder Woman, uh, 1984, Dune. Basically, every every Warner Media movie that's coming out is coming to right. HBO. Right? Okay. Um this
2: is a really good topic because this was my failure topic. <laughs> if we didn't if we ran out of topics to talk about. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually specifically I was going to talk about uh how uh George Lucas and Steven Spielberg actually predicted like this big streaming like wave like seven years ago or so because they saw what Netflix was doing with streaming.
0: Yeah, and Steven Spielberg was not happy about that. He's he's made a lot of comments about how uh movies that go straight to Netflix or go straight to uh VOD shouldn't be considered for Oscars and yep. uh, it, it's it's the ramblings of a cranky old man. Yeah.
2: I think that's cool that I think that's cool that they're they're doing it though. You know. I, I think there's no better time with the pandemic, you know.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a great idea. Uh one thing that I, I saw that was interesting about that because I think me and pretty much everybody else who saw that had the same thought, which was, oh, well, when those movies come out, like when Wonder Woman comes out, I'm going to get that one week free trial. And then I'm just going to cancel it immediately after. And then I can make every time a new movie comes out, I can do that. <laughs> and uh, apparently they thought of us. <laughs> so if you, if you try to watch, you can't watch any of the new releases, um, like up to a certain point for the amount of time that it's on there. If you have the free trial. So you have to pay the so you at least have to pay 14.99 cuz that's how much it is a month. So you would still consider it like a full movie ticket cuz yeah, you're basically yeah, that's, paying for Wonder one. Woman.
2: So if you have the free trial you can't watch the new releases.
0: Yeah, yeah. so it, okay. for like for the movies that are also going to theaters. Um so TV shows and stuff you can, but anything that's going to be at like AMC or Cinemark you can't do that.
2: That makes sense. Does it's not going to stop me from making seven new email addresses for the old stuff. <laughs> 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 for sure, for sure,
1: but I think it's a I think it's great, man, and especially they're starting off real strong because they have one woman coming out on Christmas Day, so nobody's gonna be going to the movies. They're just gonna be like, "Hey, let's just all get together and watch this, so their streams are gonna be through the roof, they're like viewership subscribers, it's gonna be all the way up there. The only thing I'm worried about is that's like it's the perfect launch day, and the perfect situation. So it's obviously gonna spike down after Christmas. So we'll have to like wait and see. And that's what I mean by like other like streaming services are probably gonna watch with a close eye to see how this like works out and to see how do like how much, how many people still go to movie theaters or is the streams just gonna start taking over.
0: That's really that's an interesting point because like I imagine uh, one of the movie movie company CEOs is going to be like, "Well, Wonder Woman did really well on Christmas, so I'm sure my shitty indie movie is going to do really well in March." <laughs>
1: like,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. They'll take away the wrong thing from it. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I, I also I kind of want to make an addendum to what I said before because it almost sounded like when we were talking about this last time that I was excited for theaters to go away like I was like oh I can't wait for them to go bankrupt. <laughs> and that's not true at all cuz I actually I really like the theater uh, theater experience. I've been going to them since I was little. I'm sure all of us have. And just like sitting in that, you know, that tiny ass seat with your snacks and, you know, watching it on the big screen. That's that's like a whole experience for me and I it it really I think it makes movies more memorable even the shitty ones. So like that I I really hope that that movie theaters are able to survive this. I was just saying before that if what is going to happen looks like it's going to happen now that you know warner has put this out it, it looks like it that this this could be the beginning of the end for the theater chains i mean
1: you yeah, that's, to, pretty, that's pretty sad when you put th- it
0: like that
2: yeah do you think it's the end if the pandemic and like all the regulations surrounding that are lifted like say i don't know four to six months from now and we can like start going back to theaters. I think Do you think though do you think based what I'm asking do you think it, if the industry, if covid ends soon do you think the industry will walk this back?
0: I think to a certain extent they will. Um but it's kind of like a dam bursting. I think once it's, you know, you can you, you can kind of rebuild it a little bit, but that water's going to keep flowing. Stuff's going to get through the cracks. Um and I think a, a big factor was supposed to be this holiday season because not only, not only did theaters really only have one movie coming out because none of the Marvel stuff's coming in, in December, they really only had Wonder Woman to look forward to. And now they hear from HBO Max that it's going to be available to everybody at their house. Like, the movie theaters are sweating, and this, this was a really, really important season for them to kind of get back up on their, you know, get back on their feet, and it just feels like they got another rung kick, kicked out from underneath them. Yeah, well,
2: we'll have to see. Do you know if uh, if any like big chains have been closing or anything like that? Like last time we talked about AMC and Cinemark.
0: Yeah, other than that, I think it's it's remained the same. Um, but yeah, they said they were going to close indefinitely, uh, which <laughs> that's not a good sign. <laughs> I, you know, I I, I hope that, This is it because I mean realistically, on a a realistic timeline, it's probably going to be at least a year before this pandemic is under control and we're able to feel safe going back into a theater.
2: I was being optimistic.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah, I I mean, it could be. Let's let's say you know because it it, realistically it could happen in six months, and if that's the case, then I think definitely you'll see it bounce back and you'll see you know these movies start to return to theaters because there are still movies in theaters right now it's just it's mostly old movies and like one or two films that not really that many people were going to see anyway so they're just going to put them out there but you know if it's a year two years from now i don't know
1: do you think movie theaters will become more of like like a luxury it's not going to be like like it's not going to be like a common place anymore it's just going to be like hey we'll release it in movie theaters and a streaming platform so if you want to just stream it, you can. But like, if you want to go see it in IMAX, you can. And if that happens, it's going to become more of a luxury because definitely you're going to have to pay even more for that experience because it's going to be you know, less people coming in. So you got to make up that income somewhere.
2: I think people already view movies as too expensive. And I think if they try and increase prices to stay afloat, it's not going to bode well for them.
0: I like I like that idea though bass, cuz that is interesting if you if you turn a movie theater experience into like a 4D ride at Busch Gardens or something like where you you put in new speakers, you put in a bigger screen, you add like effects that happen like you know maybe not like the crazy Busch Gardens stuff where like it sprays yeah. water at you <laughs> but you know like so, some kind of experience where the seats move around or something that you can only experience with that movie in theaters they kind they started to do that with like Cinemark XD and the the dolby vision seats or whatever the d-box seats in certain places um so maybe they'll expand that if that because that so far has been a pretty successful part of their business so if they expand that and do make it more of a luxury um it'll be interesting to see how many people will be willing to spend more money to go to a theater if they're going to be less people but it is going to be more of a luxury experience
2: would you would you uh buy a more expensive ticket for that
0: yeah, um, definitely, because I, especially for like, I, I went to go see, the first time I saw Spider-Verse was in Cinemark XD, and it had these like, I I think they said it was like 90 to 120 speakers on the side, and the screen showed like 4 million colors, or you know, they have all the marketing stuff beforehand on the screen, um, but goddamn, if it, <laughs> if it wasn't an awesome experience, and watching it anywhere else is, I mean, obviously that movie's great, but it's disappointing, because you're like, fuck, I saw it. You know, I saw it that one time, and it was so good. <laughs> so I, I I think I would be willing to put down the money, but how about you guys? Would you be willing to pay more for seats like that?
1: 100%. I already do. I don't mind if I have to pay an extra, like, five bucks on top of it, to be honest.
2: Maybe. I think it would have to be the right movie, and uh, I'm not sure. You're Boy, in I- my stance on so – actually, you know what? If they made it more of a luxury and gave us more leg room, group- maybe <laughs> i would pay more for more legroom. yeah
0: that's what i mean like they you know they they completely- yeah
1: they're still gonna be spaced out and stuff like that yeah,
0: yeah it'll be spaced out but maybe there's only like 20 seats
2: in there you know, you know what can charge more but that's true and you don't have people right next to you talking all the whole time yeah. yeah you can comfortably whisper to the person next to you
0: yeah it, it would kind of almost that be like you your with? own little space yeah I think we might, you know,
2: (laughs) I was shitting on this before, but
0: eh, (laughs) maybe I'm on board. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, this is a really viable option. But I mean, obviously there's not a ton of money in theaters to be doing like massive renovations right now. But if you just take whatever theaters you have that are, because most theaters have like that sort of like an IMAX screen or something. If you just spruce that up a little bit, like you could, I, I think you could really start appealing to, you know, a niche of the movie going audience.
2: I have an idea. What if we took two, quote-unquote, dying because of the pandemic industries? We take movie theaters and strippers, and we combine them. You're on something.
0: <laughs>
2: so, like, halfway through the movie, there's a stripper intermission? Yeah. <laughs> or just strippers that will go refill your popcorn or drinks for you so you don't have to get up and leave. Who's going to pay the strippers? That's, that's oh, you like, gotta got tip them come on now don't be cheap dude that's <laughs> a great idea <laughs> <laughs> the theater the
0: theater around here the theater i actually worked at um they they did that so they would bring it like you could order full meals and then they'd bring it to you so it's more like a restaurant style thing but if you just took that and turned it into like a hooters
2: <laughs> i love the thought of like some like you know very christian uh like husband and wife taking their kids to go see like wall or some shit <laughs> a stripper comes <laughs> gives them his candy <laughs> that's what you do
0: with the IMAX rooms you make them like stripper that's how he spruce yeah. it up I
2: think we just saved the movie industry boys <laughs> yeah give me my peanut M&M's while I'm watching Big Hero 6 or whatever yeah. like Ralph <laughs> I think Joey and I always
0: had that idea of like buying out a movie theater and turning it into a strip club just cause I think that but more like a burlesque, I guess. But if you find an abandoned movie theater, like the stages, the seating, everything's already there. Like all you have to do is add some more, you know, exotic sort of decorations and shit like that. Hire the dancers and you're good to go.
1: Oh, uh, we'll see about that. I don't think it's that
0: easy. Well, no. There's probably more overhead than that. I'm oversimplifying, yeah. but <laughs> I think yeah. in the in the long run, you know, there was there was an abandoned movie theater by where we lived, and we were like, we're gonna do this someday. <laughs> to tore it down, but
2: the there was there were no uh, gentlemen's clubs in that area either.
0: No, there was nothing. And there really isn't a lot
2: in this area. Anyway, like not just there, just in general. Well, you know? the state you're in is a little stricter, isn't it? Like you can't have topless.
0: Yeah. So well, no, you can have um I guess we're getting into this now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this this wasn't on the agenda.
0: <laughs> you can have so the one the one strip club that I went to was um it was full nude, but in Virginia you're not allowed to drink alcohol. Oh. So that's that's like the one and it's horrible. It's so like I, I don't. I, I mean, just being sober at a strip club in general is weird. But like, just just sitting there being like stiff as a board. <laughs> like,
2: stiff, at a, stiff as a board, two ways. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't know. You gotta chuck. You gotta ch- You gotta,
2: ch- gotta chuck mad dogs in the parking lot and then go in. Yeah, that's the optimal experience. That's that that seemed you, to be yeah, because I
0: well I didn't know until we got there. So everybody, we all piled in, and then like they told us, like basically as we were getting, uh, like as we were getting welcomed, I guess um, they gave Welcome. us the and they were like, "Yeah, we have uh, we have water and we have uh, Perrier, and that's all we, all we have in there." Yeah. <laughs>
1: They're so, Jews. I was like Perrier, what? They're just trying to hydrate you. Like they think you're gonna bust all over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You were allowed to smoke in there. I remember that, but that was it. Okay. That makes sense. But yeah. So I think if it's just a topless bar here, you're allowed to drink. I don't know about anywhere else, but in, in Virginia, you're allowed to drink there. But if it's full nude, you can't. And I think that state or
2: countrywide. Wow. What a bunch of lamos,
0: <laughs> Yeah. Right.
1: Rules are rules.
0: Yeah, it was, it was a miserable experience. That, that whole story is for, I guess, it can be told on a different podcast, but that was a nightmare situation. Don't go to strip clubs, kids. They're sad and depressing. In certain states. <laughs> what did you say? I said in certain states. Oh, oh, in certain states. I just meant in general.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I mean, something has to be going on. If, you're, if it's not for a bachelor party and you're just going –
0: no it, it's Love just it. sad <laughs> it's just a sad experience
1: you walk in, you uh, spend all your money, then you go to the k f c across the street, drive home
2: isn't there a scene in like Parks and Rec where Ron Swanson goes to a strip club and he just like devours the unlimited breakfast buffet or whatever they had there <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a scene of him like like the the stripping music is playing in the background, but he's like throwing bacon on his plate and yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I wish that was the experience we had. <laughs> that would have been way better. Yeah, they didn't even have milk.
0: No, it's just fucking water. What is this? There he is. So, speaking of strippers, <laughs> James Bond is free on YouTube. <laughs> so, yeah... <laughs> so that's i mean that's definitely cool i think it's neat that they uh you said it was the first 19 right chris so like basically uh brosnan down pretty much
2: yeah i think there was one connery one maybe or one out of order i don't remember it's like 19 or 20 but they're all on youtube uh for free you have to pay for like the newer ones like skyfall and stuff like that but
0: is that with the uh, um YouTube premium account or is it just like any you can get anything for nope. free?
2: You can go to the uh, YouTube movies channel and they're all on there. That's cool. I haven't Good seen movie. a single James Bond movie, so I'm
0: definitely gonna check that out. I tried to watch yeah. them all.
2: I tried to watch them all like a couple years ago and stopped because it's a lot of movies. <laughs> but yeah. I got through like seven or something like that. I started from like the oldest ones too. So maybe I'll have to give this a go again. But
0: I'll have to look into it because I've heard that some of them are pretty bad. Um, so yeah, maybe, okay. maybe I'll look into, like, which ones are worth watching um, and then go up to it. Because I actually – I, I kind of lied. I did see – I saw, like, the first half of um, Casino Royale because I was watching it at a friend's house when it came on Netflix. And that movie is fucking awesome. Like, it is so good. And I actually really want to finish it. But, like, if the Wait, rest you of you actually them,
1: haven't seen a single James Bond movie?
0: No, I just saw the first half of that one, but that's legitimately it. What?
1: I thought you were just talking about the old ones.
0: No, I haven't seen anything. And there's wow. a new one coming out too, uh, no time to die, I think. That's that's not for a long yeah. time. Yeah, it was supposed to come out this year, but now, who knows? They pushed it back a lot, yeah. I haven't seen any of the recent ones.
2: I haven't really cared.
1: <laughs> That's fair. I can't remember them, but like I can remember like the general gist of the story, and they're just good movies to watch. Yeah. Do you
0: guys have a favorite Bond?
2: Connery, because that's really all I know. (laughs) Minus (laughs) minus the uh, the sexism that didn't age very well.
0: Oh, the uh, the one open-handed slap to the face. (laughs)
1: I've never seen the older movies. I only saw uh, all the Daniel Craig ones. So, so I guess by,
0: by default. <laughs> he by wins.
1: default, Daniel Craig. Michael B. Jordan. I saw that one. No, that was good.
0: He, I think there was talks for Idris Elba for a while, which I think would have been an awesome choice.
2: Mm-hmm. I think they have to be British, right, to be a Bond? Isn't that like... Yeah. Is that the
1: wall? Is that the... For-
2: I don't know if I mean, it's, it makes, it's not the law, but like I think that oh, yeah. the studio's casting oh, when he was British. Is Pierce Brosnan Damn. British? That that was that's what I was thinking about before we started this. When I was thinking about that, I was like, "Was he British? I don't think so." Wait, who? Let's look it up.
0: Pierce Brosnan uh, was one of the Bonds. I'm trying to. This is gonna sound weird, but I'm trying to remember his voice on Thomas the Tank Engine because he was the. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was yeah. He was he was born in Ireland. Oh okay.
0: So yeah, so easier.
2: Okay. Isn't British, but it's close enough, I think.
0: Because that's really all they got for the the conductors on Thomas the Tank. I used to watch a lot of that with my brother, which that show is awesome, by the way, the old one. But it was like Ringo Starr, um, George Carlin, I, which I guess George Carlin isn't uh British, but um, yeah, like the the people they're pretty big stars that they got for Thomas the Tank Engine. But I was trying to remember Pierce Brosnan's voice. I couldn't think of it.
1: I'm more of a JJ the Jet kind of guy. Brosnan, what did you
2: just say to me? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Brosnan still has dual citizenship in Ireland and the US. It's Pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Did so, you guys ever play uh, GoldenEye back in the day?
0: I did. Yeah. Did you? I played it a little bit. I played it at a friend's house very briefly, um, but it was awesome. I I love that game. <laughs>
2: I never played it but i know it's like a, a like timeless classic
0: yeah well I uh, you play it now it's a little rough
2: <laughs> but, but you, yeah I mean, yeah you can see the appeal
0: for sure like you understand yeah. why it was as important as it was people still speed speed run that right yeah they do they, they speed run that and um and i i think not only that but the multiplayer was just so instrumental like without that you wouldn't have that's true Halo split-, split screen, call of duty split screen. Like it, it sort of, it paved the way for um, first person shooter multiplayer that we have now.
2: I played uh, I played quantum of solace back in the day, uh, multiplayer, like online. That was like one of the first games I ever played online. It was dope.
0: Yeah. That, that was great too. Cause they introduced a lot of stuff in, or they brought back a lot of stuff from golden like gun game and golden gun, which are two of like the best online shooter game modes ever created. Mm-hmm. Um, which is an excellent segue into uh, our next topic, which is going to be the new James Bond game that just got announced. There is a a brief teaser, and it's going to be made by IO Entertainment and I think Square Enix, which are both the people who make the uh, Hitman series.
2: Yeah, it's it's from the same people who make Hitman. Because I, when I was reading the article, I saw something about that. Because they, weren't they gearing up for another Hitman game?
0: Yeah, Hitman 3 is going to be coming out pretty soon for i think exclusively next gen Mm -hmm. um but i can't think of anybody better to handle the bond license like i I, that seemed like i feel like that's gonna go perfectly
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i agree they said that it's like a spring 2022 release so like a year and a half from now
0: yeah it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hot minute i'm sure all they have is like pre-alpha footage but uh but i'm excited i think it's it's gonna tell like a whole new story there'll be somebody else cast as bond um You know, I I think under the right, you know, with the right development, I think it's definitely going to be a good game.
2: It's definitely one that's on my radar, at least. What
0: platform is it on, though? I think it's going to be on next gen. Like, it'll be Series X, PS5, and then PC. Okay.
1: (laughs) I thought it was was VR, (laughs) too. I could have sworn I I read something about VR.
0: It might be. Um, That would actually be a pretty. Good idea if that's what they're – I don't know because we don't really know anything about it if it's going to be third person or first person or if it's going to be a weird combination of the two like Quantum of Solace was. Um, I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, like you
0: said, if it's
1: being made by the the same people that made Hitman, like there is – honestly, I have no worries that it will be a great game because I haven't played many of the Hitman games, but I did play like that the newer one that was like free. And they just, you just paid for the missions, and that shit was spicy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think if they do it in the style of Hitman, that'd be interesting too, because as far as I know, there hasn't really been an open-world Bond game up to this point. So if, like, if they just drop you on an island, they're like, hey, here's your target. He's you know, got sensitive intel. Steal the intel, kill him, and leave. Like, they basically do it like a Hitman mission, but maybe a little bit more structured. I think that would be really fun for a Bond game.
1: Yeah, make it make a story mode, and then uh, for replayability, they could a really good idea would be to do like randomly generated targets where it's like they just like you said they just plop you on a map and they're like, hey, this is your target. Like, choose the best way to take them out.
0: Yeah, that's a great episodic kind of like kind of like Hitman does now. But obviously, the most important thing they have to bring over is the multiplayer. Like, they need to have all those old modes, Gun Game, uh, Golden Gun, Team Deathmatch, all of that they have to bring back. And and it'll be nice to play a Bond game that actually has, like, a fan base behind it (laughs) where you can actually get into a lobby and uh, find matches. That'll be fun.
2: I'm excited for it.
0: It'll
1: be... I don't know if we can get... I don't know if I'm excited, but I'm definitely interested. I just need to see more, you
0: know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um you know, IO is not always perfect. So Hitman Absolution is a pretty bad game. So, you know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's the only Hitman I've played. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, you're missing out. You got to go but you got to play uh, Blood Money. That game's the best. Blood
2: Money. I'll look into it.
0: That's definitely the best one. That's kind of what I'm hoping for this James Bond. Maybe not as goofy as that game is, but, you know, something similar to that in terms of, like, how you eliminate targets um, I think would be really cool.
1: What are your thoughts on the? Uh, I think this is a good segue into something else, but what are your thoughts on, like, video game movie adaptations? Or, like, a, you know, like, a movie being turned into a video game. More like so like, I, feel like, I feel like there's just like some good ones, but it's, it's the line is very it's, when you look at it, when you watch a movie, you're like, this would be great as a video game, or like a TV series this would be great as a video game but it's like, if you it, none of them can translate it like, when you do it like, scene by scene, and then you add gameplay elements to it it's just a shitty game, and then obviously like don't really put that much into production but like some games like do it right where it's like hey it's in the universe and it's it has that backstory and there are those scenes in this game but it's also it's a whole nother like side of the story i think those games like are like i feel like should be what we look at when you're trying to make like an adaptation
0: and i and i miss that from like that period from i don't know maybe 2002 to 2010 PS, the we're, we're, old Spider-Man PS2 games. Ooh. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, no, that's exactly it. Where they, where companies just went balls to the wall with these movie tie-in games. Like every single film that came out, it could, it could have been a like a romantic comedy with Drew Barrymore. They made a video game adaptation <laughs> of it, and I kind of missed that because there was, you know, clearly a lot of garbage, but there were some gems in there, and and it, it sort of forced game companies to to be on this time crunch and try new ideas because it takes a lot longer to make a video game than it does to make a movie. So they were like, you know, uh, again, a lot of them were shitty, but you, they were scrambling. They were like, all right, what if we do this? What if we do this? What if we combine these game mechanics? And it led to some really interesting ideas. And now you get, you know, one game that's based on, it's not based on a single movie, but it's based on a series. So like Star Wars gets Battlefront 2. And instead of having new crazy ideas or or trying something innovative, it's like, hey, we're just going to microtransaction the hell out of it and call it a day. So I, yeah. I, I miss the Wild West of movie tie-in games. Like, I hope I hope yeah. we're able to get back to that point.
2: I remember – well, they uh, – even with TV shows, because I remember I had a Lost video game, like, on the 360. Mm-hmm. You play different episodes of it. I don't remember how good it was, but
0: – uh, I don't know how I remember this, but it was Lost via Domus.
2: Yep. Yeah, I remember that, too. I don't know how. And I, I think I also played uh, – it was, like, a movie – uh, for like Peter Jackson's like King Kong or Kong or whatever movie that was. I
1: think I remember that game. I had it on the GameCube, I'm pretty
2: sure. I think I had it on the DS and the 360. So I think I 100%ed it on the 360 because it was like <laughs> such a shitty and easy game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was literally like you just beat the missions and you get like all the achievements and then there's no side missions or collectibles <laughs> or anything like that. It's like just play them basically what the movie is what a
0: stark difference between the versions you had it's like it's like saying hey I have an one person has an iPhone and one person has an iPhone that's drawn on cardboard like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I feel like they should, they should definitely look into like bringing some of those back man those are fucking nice well I think in the age we are now I think it's it's honestly better where it's like they did a great job on the movie and they're they just they don't like copy it. They just like, they take that universe or they'll mold a universe based off of another universe. And they'll be like, this is like our own like love child. And I think it brings up to the point that, that you were talking about where it's it, back then it used to be the Wild West because you're making an like a true adaptation with like some ga- extra gameplay elements to it. So back then you're like, fuck, like the movie is releasing. We gotta release our game. Like by the time like within a month or two that the movie comes out. Because if you release it after that, nobody's gonna give a shit. Right. Like you gotta you gotta you gotta ride the hype when the, the movie comes out. You're like, that movie was sick, the game's gonna be sick, let me go buy that right now. So like but nowadays, like it's more lenient. It's like this is a great movie, they had great ideas, let's make a game based off of this, and then like they use that time to like flesh it out into their own thing, but you can definitely feel all the inspiration they got from like the movie
0: and you're going to get with those games that are more general, you know, now you're going to get better graphics. You're going to get, you know, better performance, better, this, better, that newer consoles. But can you sit here and tell me with a straight face that Marvel's Avengers is better than Hulk ultimate destruction? Stop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just it, ultimate I, destruction was the best.
0: <laughs> no, it was. And it was because you know, when you have time limits like that, you have to just be like, all right, we're gonna put Hulk in a city and he's gonna blow up everything.
1: Blow <laughs> up yeah, everything, dude. Oh, those Hulk games, the, the Hulk movie games were so fun too.
0: Yeah, so. no, they really were. And I didn't feel any of that playing it, you know, Marvel's Avengers is obviously a terrible game. Um, soulless cash grab. I could talk about it forever. But you don't, you don't feel that same way with Hulk. It just feels like another Avengers character that they had to throw in this live service game. And that's a bummer because playing as the Hulk should be fun. It should be like Ultimate Destruction where you can pick up two cars, split them in half, and make fists out of it. And like you that can't... Was, oh. So fun, dude. You're just <laughs> aimless, that whole game, you're just aimlessly destroying things.
1: And then eventually like you get a story and you're like, oh, I guess I'm fighting Abomination now. That was
0: like the best. <laughs> You've been destroying things for hours. You're like this game has cutscenes?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: That game was amazing. Oh now I want to go play that. I'm gonna go plug the PS
0: two in. I have the I have the three sixty hooked up in case I ever wanna play the old original <laughs> Xbox games in uh in H yeah. D.
1: But yeah. I just wanted to talk about that for a Because it was just it was on my mind after you guys brought up Dilla 7 because it's just like, uh,
0: No, I, I miss it. And, you know, obviously games are so much more expensive to make now because the, the stuff that they have to put in them is just, you know, absolutely insane. It costs as much as a A Hollywood movie. So you can't really afford to, you know, when THQ was still around, they could afford to spend a couple hundred thousand dollars on a game, have it flop, and then they're like, oh, well, we'll try again with the next 75 games. But now each studio gets, you know, one a year, maybe, maybe two. Um, yeah. So you have to be more careful. You have to be more calculated and you have to make sure that that game is microtransactioned up the asshole so it makes all its money back. <laughs> so it's, uh, a it's, so it's a weird time. You're not salty.
1: You're not salty at all. <laughs> no, dude, I agree with Connor. It's it's a weird time where it's like um... – all of the console like experiences are starting to turn into like uh, gotcha grabs which is like have you ever heard of that term like gotcha games on uh like phones where it's like you pay to like you can pay to earn like more characters or like more cards and stuff like that but like they'll be like oh but you can do it for free but like if you want more time to grind you gotta pay for it or you like you gotta wait 24 hours Like, you have to do all this work to grind these new characters that come out. And then that's what they're doing with, like, I would say with Marvel's Avengers. It's like, hey, we have this cool idea of this game, but, like, if you want to really enjoy the experience, you got to put a little cash in there.
0: Yeah, and the battle pass system in that game is absurd. It's, like, one for every single character, which blows my mind that they're allowed to do that.
2: They can do whatever yeah, the yeah. fuck they want.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I tried to boot it up today. It crashed on me. I tried again, and it did the infinite load thing. And I was like, I'm never turning this game on again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's $60 I've ever spent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a broken piece of shit. I'm like, oh, I'll get Cyberpunk in five days. I'll never touch this game again. Yeah. Well, we're Definitely. a little bit
2: over. Okay, yeah. um, you wanna
0: you wanna wrap it up? Yeah, or I guess I have to wrap it up. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I asked you?
2: <laughs> All
0: right, well, thank you everybody for watching. Um, we really appreciate you guys uh, sticking through. We're gonna have uh, you know no no spoilers, but we're gonna have a couple special things planned for the the holiday episode because it just so happens that we're gonna coincide with uh, our tenth episode being on Christmas. So I think we have a few things in the works. Um, one of the things I think we can say now, um, we can kind of start to gather some stuff, but what we want to do is get a bunch of questions from you guys. And then uh, a good portion of that episode is just going to be us answering that and, you know, maybe trying to get a little goofy with it. <laughs> so we're going to, you know, that'll be like kind of the, the Christmas spectacular, the Star Wars holiday special of the split screen media podcast. Uh, <laughs> 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 That's incredible. Uh, So, yeah, other than that, um, all of our stuff is on all the music streaming services. If you guys don't want to see us and just want to listen to us, Um, Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, uh, basically anywhere where you can find podcasts are on. Um, I hope that you guys, uh, you know, like and subscribe if you want more. And uh, we really appreciate it. So,
2: thanks so much. Bye, guys. Bye.